tell the world you're trapped in your creepy van. So you find an overpass and tell them you're the ice cream man. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. Only one got a call, cause the others all stink. Better call Saul. Better call Saul. Better call Saul. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is It's All Good, Man, The Better. <laughs> Better Call Saul Podcast. I'm Brian, and with me here, as always, is my co-host Dave. Dave, how are you doing this evening? I feel like an Alpine Shepherd boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, Dave and I also co-host the Nothing Important Podcast. You can That's find correct. that at www.nothingimportantpodcast.com. Uh, this week on the Nothing Important Podcast, we actually have Eric Barkley from the Tugboat Coffee Company. It's an interesting interview where he talks all about roasting coffee, how to pick coffee beans, and the really intimate details of the entire coffee roasting process. Please make sure to go to uh, nothingimportantpodcast.com and check out that interview. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. Absolutely. It was awesome. The It's All Good Man is also brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com uh, has over 150,000 audiobooks that you can download to your MP3 player, iPod, what have you. Uh, make sure to go to itsallgoodman.com, click through the link, and download uh, Bob Odenkirk's new book, A Load of Hooey. You can get that as your free trial. You can listen to it. Bob Odenkirk, of course, is Jimmy McGill slash Saul. I thought you were going to say something there, Dave. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I was just readjusting my microphone. But I will add that uh, Bob Odenkirk, if you don't know, is a writer as well. He's written on many sketch comedy shows. So I'm sure a wordsmith like that has put together quite the novel. Absolutely. So go to itsallgoodman.com, click on the Audible link, sign up for your free trial, and get Bob Odenkirk's book for free. Dave. Ryan. A lot happened in this episode. Yeah. Well, first off, the trailer... The uh, the upcoming scenes from next week's Better Call Saul uh, was kind of full of shit. Yeah, threw us for a <laughs> loop. What was that, AMC? Yeah. Here we are. We're making this podcast to promote your show, <laughs> and then you do something like that for us. To Bullshit. Us. Right, like right, because when we, when we watched it last week and we did preview with a prior, which mm -hmm. always comes out at the end of the week, where you and I just have a short discussion about the upcoming episode, which we base pretty much solely on that little scenes from the next upcoming episode right after the show airs. Right, and it, it, it last week it didn't have some of the scenes on it that it had for the replay before tonight's episode. Yeah, so it's like two minutes before the freaking episode starts, and we're like, "Holy shit, there's new scenes." Mate, whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so dave and i kind of missed some of that on preview with a prior so you know it, it, it is what it is um, it is what it is it is what it is all right dave so let's go ahead and start at the beginning of the episode the cops come to chuck's door because the old lady called the cops on chuck for stealing her paper so taxpayer money Over <laughs> that's what i was thinking <laughs> a 50 cent newspaper not only did they acknowledge her call, but they mm -hmm. also sent the police to settle the dispute over a 50 cent newspaper. Right. And, you know, he even makes the comment, I, I left $5 for her. The newspaper costs 50 cents. Right. But I guess it's just a completely a matter of principle. Like you do not steal in New Mexico, which is bullshit because I've been a victim of theft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, that might be uh, new to our podcast. Dave has told the story a couple times where his car was broken into and somebody stole an acoustic guitar. Smash and grabbed at a steakhouse right off of 40. And they didn't leave you five bucks, did they? No, they didn't leave me. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> they so, didn't. 
But that, that was Chuck's defense. He said, hey, I paid for it. You know, I right. gave her the five bucks, but the police, you know, brought up the point, like, did she give you consent to purchase the paper from her? Right. And there was no recourse from that. There, well, uh, he went into a lengthy uh, description of the law, which the police used as time to go check out the rest of the house. And it's just set off a whole series of events. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, a lot of good escalation there. I, I mean, Chuck has this whole, um, allergic to like electricity, like electric, electronic hypersensitivity, um, electromagnetic hypersensitivity. Brian. Right. And what could be the worst possible thing that happens to somebody that is uh, quote unquote afflicted with that being tasered. He gets tasered. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great way to open the episode. What, what I liked about that is all I could think of was man, Jimmy, fucks over another person like was, <laughs> he just he's like general sherman just going through <laughs> right leaving a wake of destruction a mile wide scorched earth <laughs> <laughs> right he just keeps fucking people over i guess the, you know it's the the path to hell is paved with good intentions because he's really not a bad dude he's just trying to get something going <laughs> right <laughs> and yeah, just nothing works. <laughs> poor, poor slipping Jimmy. Nothing works. I, I did like how, um, I, uh, well, after we saw the new on the next episode of Better Call Saul uh-huh. on the encore presentation before this episode, it showed the police trying to enter his door. And I, the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, why, what could give the police possible justification to bust the door down? And then the one police officer goes around back, looks through the window and sees that he tore out the wire with all mm-hmm. and has all the fuel for the, the lanterns and they think he was a tweaker yeah and i kept thinking throw back to breaking bad right, yeah, that's I thought, what i kept yeah. thinking like oh man like there's gonna be like some sort of breaking bad reference and then it reminded me of jesse pinkman's house right and then it, it never happened right actually it's funny that you mentioned that um travis the listener who does the uh photos of locations used uh-huh. in the show he actually brought up the point that when he went he lives in albuquerque and he's a listener of our podcast uh, make sure you check it out through our website. But he actually brought up a kind of an interesting point. The The house that they film as Chuck's house uh-huh. is actually right across the street from the house that they use as Jesse Pinkman's house. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So if you want to see pictures of that, make sure to to click the uh, It's All Good Man on location link on the website. Whoever runs that neighborhood association is raking us money. Right. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. Putting them on the map. <laughs> So they think they think that they see uh, drugs. They bust down the door because Chuck is despondent. You know, he doesn't want them to come in. He's trying to explain to them like, hey, you got to leave. Right. <laughs> you got to leave everything, everything with batteries. Yeah. He's telling them, like, yeah, don't bring anything to protect yourself in with you when you come to get me. Is Which is probably like the worst hearing. thing that a police officer ever wants to hear. And exactly. I love as soon as he says, and no tasers. I can't, you know, like, yeah. Definitely not tasers. They just whip him out. <laughs> <laughs> whip him out. He gets tased. And then I believe that was the opening, right? Mm-hmm. So then they open and the the opening credits again, it was like the weird 1980s low production. And uh-huh. it was a billboard on a bus stop. Oh, bench on, on the bench, yeah. For Better Call Saul. So then as the show returns, we finally get to see. We see his new clientele. His new clientele, the, right? Apparently the demographic that watches the news. Right. It's kind of a little old, pe- old people and crazy people. Right. Well, yeah. it's, it was a sensational story that he set up, you know, so as, as people that I guess buys into the sensations. So, so the first client that he goes and visits is Big Ricky. 
Big Ricky on his, on his plantation or whatever he thinks he is <laughs> eleven hundred acres. Right, like uh, the real life version <laughs> of uh, Foghorn yeah. Leghorn. <laughs> now I say, I say, <laughs> I want to secede here, boy. <laughs> uh and he that guy couldn't have been more stereotypical. Um, oh yeah, more stereotypical if he tried. He had all the. Oh, that guy's got a gun rack in the back of his truck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I had all the Hummers out front. <laughs> yeah, they had the big the overcompensation vehicles and the uh, the safari <laughs> yeah. animals stuffed all over the place. Absolutely. And I was kind of looking at it. I thought maybe there'd be something with the fact that like Ricky had a lion over his head and Chuck had an antelope over his head. Right, but... Did you it, notice that? I didn't, did you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So like what do you old, think that means, Dave? Uh, I think if I were to uh, read too deep into that shit, it would be um, that he is the hunter and uh, Jimmy is the game. And how does that apply to? I don't fucking know. Because <laughs> <laughs> he turns out to be a loon and Jimmy just walks away. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it looked like they were setting Jimmy up for his, his big payday. Yeah, no, they keep right? they keep doing this. I love it. Like, no matter how ridiculous <laughs> the idea was, like, I love that he said, uh, you know, he goes on his tangent about, you know, being the oppressive government and being mm-hmm. taxed and. And all that. And he lets out, well, what I want to do is basically become the Vatican City of the United yeah. States and <laughs> succeed from the Union. And Jimmy's just there for the money. So he's like, yes. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I can do that. And then, <laughs> and then it just said, it was like setting him up for a giant payday. A million dollars with 500000 up front. Oh, my God. And then it was some big Ricky bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it got me, too. Like, I totally bought into it. When he brought up the table, the tray of cash, I was like, this is this is it right because the thing here's the beauty of this like we all know how this ends up and so obviously Mm -hmm. it 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 seems really apparent that in breaking bad saul is on the down low but i mean he has to amass some sort of wealth from his deeds yeah you know so we were thinking okay so he took the bribe last week oh this is going to be his first major right payday and then it just cuts to him escaping the ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess, you know, as long as they can keep doing that where we enjoy it, you know, teasing us. Right. Because you know it's coming and they they keep teasing it. And it's been it's been good so far. I haven't really been disappointed with with uh playing with that whole the means to the end. No, not at all. So yeah. obviously, uh probably not gonna take that case. <laughs> probably <laughs> Big Ricky turns out to be full of shit. And speaking of full of shit, we go to Roland J. Cox with Tony the Toilet Buddy. <laughs> Tony the sexually suggestive toilet buddy, I guess you could say. <laughs> the, the sex toilet. <laughs> Which, okay, I want to make a comment about this. Mm-hmm. This is what I noticed about that scene. Okay, so Tony the Toilet Buddy is the, the creator has written all these suggestive things completely ignorant to what he's doing <laughs> oh it's so right? big <laughs> which reminds me of tobias Futge from arrested development from arrested development who was played by david cross who used to have a show with bob odenkirk so i'm wondering if this is some he definitely wrote that bob odenkirk had to have written that part right <laughs> and that, that's so it's just that whole little it's just like some inside in, joke like a little wink and a nod right. to, uh, to uh david cross yeah <laughs> absolutely so brav brava Bravo. Yeah. And I, I love I love how long they drew that out too, because we we were sitting here in the Dave Cave. We're actually recording from <laughs> Dave's house. So we were sitting here in the Dave Cave and uh the whole time I'm just like giggling like a little kid, like hee hee hee. Oh yeah, Chandler. Drop it in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's so big. <laughs> 
And I love that they had a confrontation when they were walking out of the house. Yeah. Uh, arguing about it like, you're sick. <laughs> like, I hope it makes you a lot of money because Chandler's going to need it for therapy. That was great. <laughs> so then uh, after leaving Roland Jaycock's toilet surprise experience, he swings by Mrs. Strauss's place, a nice super old lady with one of the most long, awkward scenes I think we've come across <laughs> so far. The, the chair buddy or whatever yeah. that's called coming down the stairs. Just, yeah. That's very similar stylistic to things they would do in Breaking Bad. Also, they had these really long, awkward scenes where you're just waiting for mm-hmm. something to happen. Waiting and waiting and waiting. And then she gets off the chair, slowly walks across slowly the room. Walks up. <laughs> when she gets the money out, she counts at $20 at a time real right. slow. <laughs> and, it, um, and that is his first official step into elder law. Elder law. <laughs> I, I, I like how excited he was to actually get... $140. Right, yeah. Like, oh my God, I'm actually going to get cash in right, hand. This is it. Like, this is <laughs> it. I'm getting paid. Like, this is my, my legitimate money. As a freelance audio engineer that's just starting out, I know the exact feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just kind of skips uh, from there. It doesn't really show too many more of his clients. We kind of find out later that he ends up doing a couple wills and a living trust as he's uh, he's on a date with Kim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's painting her toenails. He was. Like a good guy friend does? Boyfriend? Whatever. Jimmy's friend zoned? Yeah, I don't know. Because <laughs> it, it's obvious that they have some sort of affection towards each other. Oh, yeah. I mean. Right? I mean, there's definitely something there, and they keep hinting at that, especially with, like, the phone sex thing. Remember, mm-hmm. like, robot sex voice? Um. So I'm hoping that sometime we get we get a flashback to their relationship to see how oh, they, they please meet. Oh, please when they're doing it. Oh, yeah. She is kind of good looking. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting hotter as the show goes on to me for some reason. I think of the description, she seemed like she'd be a total bitch. Yeah. From like the character releases that they did. She's like super aggressive and like, you know, goal oriented. Right. But she's, she's not at all. But she, but no, she's on kind of on his side. She's very, she's very sympathetic to, to Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like a, like an insider voice. She's almost like a, like a double agent at this point. Yeah. I was going to say, she's almost like, um, I don't know, like a devil's advocate is not the right word, but maybe like a liaison or somebody that bridges the gap. You know, mm-hmm. she's, she's the, the voice of reason. Right. Between the two sides. Right. And I I like how. um, Just kind of like Saul's character was at times in Breaking Bad. mm -hmm. He was caught between. And even now, Jimmy McGill is caught between opposing factions a lot of times. And that's talks way out of it. So it it was nice to see. See them have more moments together, though. Yeah. And they're getting more and more intimate. The moments that they have. Right. And then this just keeps (laughs) like, obviously, because once again, we know how it ends up. Like, I keep trying to play it forward. Like, I keep mm-hmm. trying to think if there was anything in Breaking Bad where where Saul ever mentioned some sort of love interest or a woman that he loved who helped him out immensely. Right. But uh, to my recollection, he doesn't. The, the closest thing the closest thing that I could think of in Breaking Bad is when he propositions his secretary at his office. Who wanted nothing to do with him. Who wanted nothing to do with this. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how that ends up over the course of the season and of the series. Mm-hmm. So then we move on to the fact, uh, the next part where your prediction was confirmed. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, your prediction was confirmed. In my opinion, it was also. <laughs> <laughs> fact that Chuck's ailment, you can now put air quotes around it officially mm-hmm. because it is completely psychosomatic. Yeah, it, it's all mental. And you know what? I got to be honest. There, there was points where I was like, okay, I, I was way off base. Like <laughs> right. maybe this is some sort of real 
illness. <laughs> right. And they, they, and they sent me some mixed signals today. Mm-hmm. I would say this because going back to the very first, uh, the very opening or even the closing of last week when, when Chuck gets upset and reaches for his blanket, like Linus, as uh-huh. you said, from peanuts. Like, yeah. yeah. Like he sees the blanket as comfort, which Saul called him out or Jimmy called him out on before take off the space blanket, take mm-hmm. off the space blanket. So that's when it made me think, okay, it's totally psychosomatic. He just, the blanket is a comfort thing. Then he says to the doctor, do you have something electrical in your pocket? Like he could sense it. Right. Yeah. See, that's no. where I was like, oh man. Okay. So this is the scene where it shows that he's right. Like it's, it's legit. It's, it's legit. Yeah. And I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. And then she turns on the bed as and he had no idea. Right. Yeah, and yeah, uh, uh, Jimmy thought or Kim thought that that was a dirty trick, mm-hmm. but she's like, "No, it's not a trick. That's a demonstration. Like it, it's totally right. Yeah, mental. He, he had no idea that. So that was a little sneaky, little bit of movie trick magic where he, when he guessed the thing, but the thing showed the thing is not the thing. Right, and we learned that uh, Chuck has been out of the law firm for eighteen months. Yeah, a year and a half now. So yeah. he started feeling those symptoms two years prior. He said so. It had to be around two years where he started falling uh you know feeling those symptoms like uh the cold bone pain and Mm -hmm. nausea and his skin itching and jimmy calling him out and saying you only get like that when i upset you right so we're seeing a little bit of guilt in jimmy he 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 feels that he's causing Mm -hmm. once again he's causing all the anguish for chuck but he can't explain it to chuck because chuck believes what he believes Chuck believes it's real. Like it's Jimmy an actual believes, thing. And, and your confrontation, this big confrontation you wanted between those guys, they went the other way with it where it was right. just two guys sitting there going, well, well, what the fuck more can I say? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, I was kind of hoping for a blow up, but it, it just never came to yeah. me. No, it's just, it's just that, that partnership where just, you're done explaining yourself to the other person and who knows? You know, I don't know how they're going to go about it. Cause it's going to happen. Right. It seems like this is going to break through but maybe not i did i did like how uh the appearance of uh howie hamlin coming into the hospital yeah that was yeah. great that was i i like how i like how uh we finally you know it, it was all put on the table like like you no know, uh you know jimmy was saying howie you just want to say that it's an actual physical real ailment so you don't have to buy him out right. of oh, the law firm to he's saying that you don't want to call him that you don't want to say it's mental because that means Chuck's unable to take care of himself. That makes Jimmy power of attorney or his legal guardian. Then Jimmy gets to do what he wants to do, which is buy Saul or buy Chuck out of the law firm, mm-hmm. which his golden goose would be missing. Right. As he said. So Jimmy states that he's taken Chuck home. Mm-hmm. And then he has the confrontation with Howie Hamlin. And he states, well, you know what? Now you've made up my mind. I'm committing him. Which during the conversation. Jimmy mentions that he likes to go out and buy milk and bread. Yeah. For right. Chuck. So he did have milk. <laughs> if you guys remember uh, last week, we, we, we got a review where uh, a listener made fun of Dave and I because we didn't understand why he didn't have milk. And uh, we made a joke about being lactose intolerant, but we we always thought that he had milk. Yeah. <laughs> right. So basically, you're right. I don't fucking understand why there isn't any milk. Right. <laughs> By the end of the confrontation, it appears as though Jimmy changes his mind. Right. He's well. He's going to have him committed. Mm-hmm. Well, he he told everybody he was taking him home, 
And then his confrontation with Howie. Oh, it changes his mind to having him committed. Right. Like, hey, right. you know what? You just made up my mind for me. Now I am going to have him committed. And Kim confronted him. Like, do you really want to go down this road? And he's like, no, I'm just basically trying to make that asshole sweat. I'm right. bringing him home. So a little bit of redemption there. A little bit of lawyering going on there. Little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call my bluff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was nice to see a little bit of redemption that because Howie's main thing is he's accusing Jimmy of just wanting the money from the cash out. Right. And, and it made him, you know, and his redemption was, well, it's not about the money. I'm trying to take care of my brother. Like, I'm just kind of like, you know, putting the idea in that guy's head to make him nervous. However, I'm, I'm really taking him home. Right. And then he ends up taking him home. And he takes him home. And then they have their little confrontation that we were just discussing. How it didn't quite, how it wasn't quite the, the blow up argument you wanted. It was more the, uh, so it wasn't like the big blow up conversation. Like you wanted like a newlywed that's still passionate about their relationship. It's mm-hmm. more like that couple that's been together for so long. They don't even give a shit what the other person has to say. They're just like, you're going to say what you're going to say. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. It's all bullshit anyway. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like an old married couple. Right. Even when Jimmy goes on his whole thing about how he's going to straighten up, he's going to get his shit together. Like I'm a legit from now on. And Chuck's just like, whatever. But one of the good things that came out of that conversation was Jimmy promising to go legit. Because right. even, even though it's, it, they didn't really want to have that conversation, it's it still still kind of spilled out, right? He's like, look, okay, I get it. Like, this newspaper, th- this caused all this. This is just a little razzmatazz, as they called it. And I'm thinking about specializing in elder law. Elder law. And Chuck was not impressed by that at cash. all. Chuck was not impressed by that at all. No. Yeah, he, that was the whole condescending, oh, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, that sounds like you're good, you know. Yeah, Elder Law, go get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to the superhero drawing scene. The superhero drawing scene. I was totally picturing myself back in like sixth grade when I used to draw like costumes and stuff for uh-huh. myself as a superhero. And he's studying Matlock, which yeah. it's I was thinking me- real quick. I was thinking like Spider Man, <laughs> Peter Parker <laughs> drew the oh, yeah. Spider Man costume. So <laughs> he's like your friendly neighborhood Jimmy McGill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm surprised you you wouldn't go back to that because you're a pretty huge nerd. You didn't draw yourself with super. Oh, are you kidding me? I do that okay. now. <laughs> <laughs> I just made laundry man my, the other day. <laughs> <laughs> my wife walks in the room. She's like, "Really, Brian? Another fucking superhero picture? <laughs> like <laughs> this one has a cape, right?" <laughs> <laughs> Like, she gets annoyed by the number of superpowers I have. <laughs> She's like, do you really need laser eyes yeah. when you have x-ray vision? Have you not gotten to the point where every character just has all superpowers as a superpower? <laughs> it's all part of my canon. It's eventually <laughs> going to get there. I have, like, comic strips of myself. It's great. Uh, pod- but he, he's podcaster, the lame <laughs> superhero. <laughs> His inspiration was he's sitting there watching Matlock. Right. And if you're going to go into elder law, what better? <laughs> exactly. That's pretty genius on the writer's part. I never would have thought of nothing like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. No. That, uh, like what character can old people relate to? I mean, the Simpsons did it a million, million times, but yeah, Matlock. Yeah. Fucking Matlock. Right. Yeah. And then it shows the scene where he's carting or they're carting the jello through the old people's home. And on the bottom of the jello, you know, it's the. Um, Need a will? Call yeah. McGill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such an, another great slogan. <laughs> <laughs> Man, how many catchphrases is he going to go through? This has become another little fun part of the game is just mm-hmm. like all these little catchphrases. Absolutely. So, and then he starts working the crowd. 
Yeah. Walks yeah. in looking just Glad like Glad handing everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hugging, like looking for the banker in the game of Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> Picking up dominoes off the floor. Play, yeah. play fair now. Which was a hilarious segue into his dealings with Mike. Because right. he kept calling Mike a geezer. Yeah. And he's all proud of himself for now <laughs> finally being an elder <laughs> law <laughs> specialist. And he lets Mike know that, hey. Hey. You need yeah. a will or, you know, anybody who might need a will written up, I'm your guy. And he slips him a card. Slips him a card. Which apparently will come into play later, mm-hmm. which we'll save for the next episode. Right. Then it shows Mike. What hours does Mike work? Yeah, I know. <laughs> he works the hours that Jimmy's around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's He's always there during the day. Always during the day. But this time he, he leaves the sun up. Yeah, he shuts it down. <laughs> like, and I even made the joke as we were watching. I'm like, does Mike just like live in the toll booth? <laughs> and then troll. when it showed the morning come up, I was like, oh my god, Mike fucking lives in the toll booth. <laughs> and then it was nice to see him walk away. And he goes to the diner, and then he leaves, and he's parked outside. Parked outside a house. Parked outside a house, and a woman comes out. She drives down. They make eye contact. Uncomfortable eye contact. And one of those like you know something's up. Mm-hmm. They have a history, but they don't hate each other. You know, it's not threatening because she just drove away. She's kind of, eh, whatever. Right. Well, you you made, because um, Mike's there to take care of his granddaughter. You thought it might be Mike's daughter or Mike's son's wife. Yes. I'm thinking that that was the mother of his granddaughter. The mother of his granddaughter. Yes. And maybe because of his past in Philly. Maybe she's not comfortable having him around because, you know, maybe well, it's, you know, a, it's a all we ever know of that is it's a there was a violent altercation. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's so why maybe, he was no longer with the force. Right. So maybe that's what forced into retirement or. Right. And maybe that's why she's uncomfortable with him because we'll we'll find like maybe the gory details of him. He finally crossed the line and and she knows that. So even though she's her daughter's grandfather is not comfortable with him around the granddaughter. Right. Or That's, or we're completely way off base. Or we're completely way off base. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that theory. We're going to go with that theory. If you have any other theories, obviously let us know because that's one thing that I'm super interested to hear what you guys have to say about what the hell was that with the Mike and the lady. Right. Yeah. And then Mike. Um, and then the cops show up at Mike's house. And Mike says, you're a long way from home. So only can assume they're from Philly. Right. right. And obviously he was very nervous because he, he grabbed a baseball right, bat yeah. before. You know, he looks out the window, sees people pull up. He grabs a bat ready to defend himself, opens the door. and Kind of like the opening scene to the show mm-hmm. when, when, you know, saw Gene, the manager of Cinnabon, sees the guy walk up. And, you know, he's expecting that. He's expecting somebody to approach him about something, but you just don't know what. Right. So, yeah, he grabs his implement of self-defense and uh, proceeds to open the door. So, I just wanted to touch uh, touch base on a couple uh, listener things, Dave. Okay, go ahead. Okay, first off, um, I want to say what's up to the OG, specifically members Bam, 57 Bam, Steven, 1547, the marvelous one, sodomized by Cather's Wood, and guess who? Guess what? Chicken butt and me how. Uh, these are all people that I talk with back and forth on a better call Saul thread that I'm involved with. And I want to give them a shout out. Consider yourselves 
outshouted. <laughs> <laughs> or as I like to call it, shouted. Also, one of our listeners, Dominic Healy, noticed that the first four episodes show title ended in O. Right. And this totally messed it up for him. Because it was Alpine. <laughs> Alpine Shepherd Boy. Alpine Shepherd Boy. So, sorry, Dominic Healy. I thought you had something going, too, uh, until I saw the title for this episode. But I just wanted to give you a shout out. Thank you so much for listening and participating. That means so much to Dave and I. Yep. And I'm going to one-up you real quick. This is also the first episode title that isn't disyllabic. Disyllabic? And what does that mean, Dave? That means consisting of two syllables. Thank you, Google. Uno, Miho, Nacho, Hero. Two syllables. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Disyllabic. And last thing, listener Bill Monroe kind of made a funny correlation between Betsy Kettleman and Marie Schrader. How they're both just kind of, uh, they both sidestep their criminal intent by like unique rationalizations. And they're also pretty smug and tend to demean the people that they're talking to. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of uppity bitches that control their husband's. But their husbands react oppositely to them. That's true. Yeah, Hank. Hank uh, was more uh, more stern, I guess, than and just didn't sometimes wouldn't even acknowledge her shit. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, Bill, thank you so much for writing in. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm actually a big fan of that comparison because they're both characters that I hate. Mm-hmm. They're both a couple of biatches. <laughs> or biznatches, as Tuco would hate. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Indeed. So that is going to wrap it up. Once again, thanks to everybody who writes in and lets us know your thoughts. Once again, this is just as much your podcast as it is our podcast. You know, Dave and Brian, we're your buddies on the couch that want to talk with you after the show. So any ideas you might have, predictions, theories, theories, suggestions, send them in to us and we'll try to fit them into the show. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or even at our own website, it's allgoodman.com. And while you're on the internet, why don't you check out our buddies at callthesall.com. They have all sorts of reviews, uh, editorials. Make sure to check them out. Call us idiots, call us geniuses, whatever. Just call us. You heard me better call Saul. You best call now, you hear?